Brad Perry, Chief Executive Officer of Grain Producers SA. Uh, welcome to a special podcast uh, for GPSA on sustainability. G'day, I'm Darren O'Emke. I'm here today with Josh Krieg, uh, a Roseworthy grains and oilseeds farmer, fifth generation, um, an early technology adopter, and somebody who has already filled out um, the uh, sustainability survey from Grain Producers South Australia. Um, Josh, do you want to um, do a better introduction of yourself than that and, and tell us a bit about your farming journey on the family farm? Okay, yeah, well, um, I guess I started on a farm going back uh, when I left school. Um, one of the things my dad said, I always wanted to be a farmer, one of the things my dad said is before you come home on the farm, you need to first of all work for someone else and you also need to bring something to the farm that I don't have. So I think even back then, dad was probably looking at how this farm can be sustainable by me not just doing what had already been done. So I did work for a few different people, seed cleaners, drove grape harvesters, a few different other things. I also did a um, business management course through Mongerong College. So took on a lot of the management side of the business. Um, also did a lot of other, you know, your chemical applicator slices and a few other bits and pieces along the way. Um, and yeah, our farm, probably since I've come home, we've, we've grown quite a bit. Um, we employ two people as well. Um, we also run a spray contracting business, uh, which is fairly local to where we are, but we also do travel a fair bit for that too. Um, we grow mainly wheats, barley, um, a lot of lentils, a lot of canola is, is our general rotation with some hay um, in as well. Okay, fantastic. And you've, um, you were talking to me before we started recording um, about your sustainability journey and, and where that started. Do you want to do you want to talk to us about, about where it started or, or how it's progressing? Yeah, no, and as I said, I, looking through, thinking about it before having to do this, you know, to actually pin a point of where we actually started to say, okay, we need to be more sustainable. I can't ever place that. I think things have happened all along, as, as probably with most farmers, that you've just adopted different changes. But probably our biggest one was adopting no-till um, or minimum till to no-till was probably our biggest thing, you know, going back 20 years. Um, and, you know, we've seen huge improvements from being able to do that. You know, a lot of past years we've had, you know, Dad said that if we were farming like we were 30 years ago, we, we wouldn't have a crop. So, um, you know, things have improved quite a bit from that. But I guess as it's gone, we have... We, f we find new ways of, of uh, making changes. Um, our most recent in the last few years, we've actually fitted a seed terminator to, to one of our harvesters so that we can actually look at ways of um, destroying seeds rather than having to spray or, or a, another tool in the toolbox more so than anything. But um, I guess we're constantly looking for things to, to, to make ourselves more sustainable. But I think there's a lot of things that happen that are making us sustainable without even actually thinking about it. So tell us about some of those things. Well, I think, like, yeah, like I say, um, I think a lot of the decisions a farmer makes are based on, you know, let's be honest, probably profits at the end of the day. But all these things that actually do equate for more profits for us are also things that are improving the resources that we have. So, um, you know, over the past probably 10 years, we've gone into a soil test rotation. So we have ground that we test 
or, you know, we're testing different paddocks every year so we can actually look at that particular paddock and say, okay, what does it need? What can we do to improve the soil? But also looking at, okay, are we doing too much in that spot? We're just not going to get any more out of it. So that those resources can be put to the areas that we can improve, um, you know, things, things along those lines. And then it comes down to right down to the things that you don't even think much about, like, you know, taking your chemical drums to drum muster and, and just the way you dispose of your waste oils. It's all those sorts of things that farmers are doing and that we are doing that you're actually not really thinking that, about being sustainable as such. So in a way, what you're saying is part of your sustainability journey is the things that are happening outside what you do on your farm that you're going along with um, in the sort of broader community as well as what you're doing on your farm. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of things that, you know, we you, you are doing that you, you have to go along with, but there are things that are, you know, benefiting the farm as well. As I say, it, you know, down to soil tests, down to our variable rate maps of where we can apply fertilisers and not apply fertilisers and, and change different things. Um, you know, the way we manage our staff, the way we manage our own time. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. So tell me a bit about managing staff and time. How is that part of your sustainability journey? Well, I guess sustainability it, for me, when thinking about the question, is is a big, it's, it can be very broad. Like it's not just saying, okay, and you know, you've got to use your land in a sustainable way that you're improving it for the future. I think there's also sustainability of your, you know, your farm in general, but also of your health. So like, for instance, I, I've got four kids and, you know, I want this to be there for them, but I don't want it to also to be my everything. So that includes finding ways that we can do things in a way that um, we are benefiting what, benefiting the farm but also reducing what we you know our work our workload I suppose and, so, and same as same as with the staff you know that um, they are still doing they're doing the work but we're making it easier for them um, but which is also improving our business I'd like to pick up a thread back on a minimum tillage um, was minimum tillage something that happened at a point in time or is it something that you've gotten better at or uh, adapted slowly over a period of years? I think, yeah, we, we did start, um, it, I mean, when we first started, we didn't really have the equipment to do it. So first of all, we said, well, we don't want to go 100% into this and not know that it, you know, work, work out that it doesn't work for us. So we sort of found ways to, to work with what we had. So for instance, our first air cedar bar used to be, um, you know, big shears and finger tine harrows. So we adapted that to knife points and to press wheels. And then we worked out, okay, well, this, this can work for us. So as we've, as we've updated machinery, we've found better equipment to do the job. So I suppose it, it has been a slow journey um, in that respect. We, we just didn't one day say, okay, we're going no till. And we also picked our paddocks um, as well, the ones that we felt that we could, you know, ones that we didn't have the weed pressure, the ground that we knew the equipment we had could handle, um, you know, we, and we learnt, I suppose, by doing no-till, we had to become a little bit more reliant on chemicals. Um, we also, probably our biggest thing for us was when we started no-till, before we did that, we sort of had the process, we'd work our ground, we'd direct, well, we'd sow in um, some nitrogen fertiliser and then we'd go sow our crop. And we pretty quickly worked out that in short seasons, we just couldn't, get everything done because we were our crops were suffering at the end just for the pure fact it was taking us too long to do seeding 
putting more hours on tractors, wearing us out because, you know, the time it took. So I suppose some of those things were the, were the turning points for us to say, okay, well, let's work out which paddocks we can cut this out of. Um, and then, yeah, as I say, it's progressed and we've worked out that for 98% of our ground, our no-till system does work well. We talked about you, you being uh, early adopters. So I wanted to then go back to that. You're talking about using your farm maps to make decisions about individual blocks and, and how you manage. When did you start using, I assume that means you're on digital farm mapping. When did you start yes. doing that? Yeah, so we've been doing, uh, we've been doing farm mapping for the last you know, at least five years. Um, so I guess as uh, another thing is we've purchased machinery, we've looked at better ways we can do that. So the, the, one of the harvesters we have now actually has both a yield monitor and a grain analyzer on it. So we can actually log data from our crop on all that. Um, we've also in recent years sort of adapted doing more grid sampling on our paddock. So we can actually get, not just pull in the paddock and say, let's do a soil test in this spot. We can actually do a soil test of the whole paddock and actually get maps to sort of show, you know, where the pHs aren't right. Um, but yeah, I, and that's still probably it is expanding more so now, but yeah, we, we probably have been sort of still doing I mean there's probably also been a lot of data we've been collecting for more than five years but haven't known what to do with it I think we've just now more recently sort of want to use this data to our advantage yeah so again it's something that you're um, again learning with time and, and adapting and improving as you go through rather than there being a moment where you started using it and everything changed absolutely as I say like we've had you know for years collected data off headers and they just sat in the head if we had no idea, you know, what we'd actually really do with them. Same as the, the grain analyzer we've got for the first couple of years, that, that data just sat there. Um, we've now actually got a nitrogen camera on one of our tractors. And up until this year, the data we've not really done anything with, but I think, yeah, I, I think that's something that we've learned over the years, all these, all this data we have, we've got to, got to work out ways to actually use it, I suppose. So, yeah. So, just to skip off onto another topic, tell me about the, the sustainability conversation among farmers in your region. Where, where, what's the thinking in, in the region about sustainability? Where's it, where's it going? Who's adopting? Yeah, I think in general, as generations are getting passed through, I think it's becoming, you know, more of a, more of a topic like, um, you know, there's still plenty of, of, yeah, as I say, I look at my dad, for instance, you know, you quite often say, you know, getting the, the whole talking to him of different things we should be doing and all that. And, you know, he, he's adopted most things, but not everyone in that generation is like that. So I think as it's gotten pushed through, which in my area, you know, there's a lot of, lot of farmers that are similar age to me, a bit older, but, you know, a lot of that probably is, um, you know, has been passed through. And I think it's a big thing. Um, Again, I know talking to a lot of people here that it's not just sustainability of our farms that's a concern. I suppose it's the sustainability of, of our markets and that sort of thing as well, that, um, you know, where our products are going, what we need to do to make sure we've got homes for our products. I think that's probably been a, a bit of a conversation point over the, you know, the past few years as well now. So, so what, what are you having to do to sustain those markets? Like, we had the opportunity, if you want to say that, of, of having an, um, an audit, a sustainability audit back a couple of years back. And I think 
when I first saw that, it scared me because I thought, well, how are you going to show all this sort of stuff? And when you actually put together the stuff that you are doing to do what you're doing in a sustainable way, it's actually most farmers would probably find that they that you know they pass the bar no problems at all so i think it's it's not not anything big i mean it's i think that at the end of the day it's going to come down to the market wants to know where the product came from and how the product was grown and a lot of that comes down to record keeping of everything that we do which you know most farmer does now you know there's still a bit of the old notebook and pad but most of us you know, done on, on a platform um, online that's, you know, we can keep track of everything easily enough. Um, and again, as I said before, that most of the things we do to help make us more profits are also things that are, um, you know, using our farm sustainably. And no-till being a big, big one of those, you know, there's not too many people around that aren't doing some form of minimum till um, and gone away from having to do as much as what they used to with the ground. So, I think there's a lot of things that we are doing. It's not necessarily that we we need to do heaps more, but I think it's actually just um, working out what we are doing and actually seeing that we're actually not doing a too bad a job. So. Was that um, from a customer, was it? Uh, yes, that was through selling some canola in um, sustainable canola that just randomly can be audited, basically. So um, they want to know quite a bit of stuff, but it really wasn't a major thing. And it was actually quite a... I actually looked back and it was a good process to go through because we could actually see where we actually sat and know that we actually don't sort of sit too bad. There were certain things we probably do need to improve on, but it was it was quite a good process to actually go through. So But what would you say to people who are who are looking at sustainability and haven't really thought too much about it? Sustainability has been a bit of a buzzword, but again, I think it, any farmer could actually look back and, and say, they are doing things. They are doing things in a sustainable way, but just don't think about it. And I think it's probably just going back to basics with a lot of stuff and not, you know, I, I don't think any any one farmer could look and say, I'm not doing anything sustainable on my farm. I don't think that would ever be true. I think, um, and again, um, it's it's looking at the end the end result. And I think you, you look at where markets have to go to, you know, where the farm has to be for future generations. And all that sort of stuff, and that's sort of you know what you need to think about when you're thinking about the sustainability side of things, I guess. Hey, tell us, um, you filled it the you filled in the grain producers of South Australia sustainability survey. How did you find the survey? Yeah, no, I, it's probably going back a little bit that I did it, but yeah, no, I, I found it pretty easy to flow. There were there were some good questions, you know, without even remembering what was in it. But yeah, no, I thought it was it was it was a well worded well-worded, very, you know, informative survey that hopefully actually gives some good some good information, so. Yeah, brilliant. Hey, Josh, um, all the best and thanks for your time today. No worries. Brad Perry here again. Uh, when you get the sustainability survey from us, make sure you fill it out. Thanks for listening.